From PQED in San Francisco, this is the Writer's Block. Well, my name is Seshu Foster, and uh, I'll be reading from World Ball Notebook, which is a book about gleanings and uh, emails and texts and different sources of language from uh, indexed to experience out of the last 10 years. The theme running through it all is is uh, soccer. I was a soccer dad for that time, and so the experiences are indexed to games. They're all called games. This is game 14. The forwards pass off to each other and take shots on goal, but there's only one of them getting through. No recoveries and no goals. A couple shots go wild. A couple hit the bars and bounce off. You watch the keeper trot after the ball out of bounds, thinking, that's probably the game right there. That bounce. Both teams are tiring. The faces of the girls flushed and drawn in the lights. The night is cool but not cold enough to see anyone's breath. Beyond the ragged eucalyptus trees, the mountains a ragged silhouette against the deep blue nightfall. The other team sinks a penalty shot, and afterwards, most of the play happens at the wrong end of the field. Our girl played midfield hard the whole game. Defense. She doesn't like to lose this girl, but you figure she'll be okay with it. This team has lost more than they're likely to win. Game 89. Camping again? I'm tired of camping, Lolly complained when she woke up and found it was about 10 p.m. and we were driving up Wheeler Mountain in eastern Nevada to 10,000 feet to sleep in Engelman fir, blue spruce, and aspen with Mule deer does and bucks with velvet antlers strolling through in the morning. But she was still fussy and pouting as we hiked the flank of the peak into bristlecone pines, three to four thousand years old. It was sweet and rocky and cool, but then we dropped down to Highway 50 for a hot 105-110 degree straight shot across Basin and Range and the Nevada desert heading toward Reno. We'd been on the road for several weeks. She was just a little sticky and irritable as the air conditioning had gone out in the vehicle earlier that summer. Best I could do was stop at a grocery store in Eli, one of those weathered old buildings from the 1880s with high wood plank sidewalks, pick up a couple ice cream bars from the cooler. Railroad tracks unused for hundreds of miles. Some of it pulled out and the railroad bed eroding into the landscape, crossing vast distances to abandoned mines, smelters or mine buildings black and collapsing, or vanished in ruins of concrete foundations. Of course, out in the vast expanse on both sides of Highway 50, you might see the abandoned, falling-down, pioneer ranch cabins. There was not much traffic. Sometimes for hours we'd zoom along, the only vehicle as far as the eye could see. The windows rolled down, hot wind scouring the dusty interior. We ate dinner at a Basque restaurant in Fallon, made it to hot showers at a Hawaiian motel in Sparks, room looking out on the parking lot and a car screeching out of it after a furious shouting argument I peeked at through the curtains between a guy in a car and a tall pudgy young white guy with stringy hair. 
After the big argument, our shirtless neighbor stood outside his room smoking in his shorts with confused hair, the door to his room and windows wide open, curtains waving, and the TV blasting to the street. Later to the office for the local newspaper, the room was still open. Curtains in the breeze and TV on, he was gone. Game 90. From Silver City, we'd drive 42 miles into the Gila Wilderness area and hike to Anasazi Cliff Dwellings, where we talked to Bjorn, who joined a Mimbres Valley commune in 1976, lived in a 6-by-12-foot room on the land for 18 years, and he still lives in a little place there. He says, some people hate to talk it up. They don't want more people to know about it, but I gotta admit, this place is near to perfect. It just is. I take digital shots of the kid in the ruins. We eat sandwiches and hike up the middle fork of the Gila River past small hot springs that have been dug out. A woman and her grandson are soaking in them. We ford the river, crossing back and forth repeatedly, as Dolores and I had done 26 years earlier, backpacking 60 or 70 miles through the Gila while she was pregnant with this one. So in a way, this kid has been here once before and head up the trail a couple miles to where the river crossings get deeper than thigh deep. The kid jokes, of course, about me breaking my ankle in the Stahican River last summer. I had to get helicoptered out and my ankle, steel, screws and all, is maybe less than 70% still. She laughs, shooting pictures of me wading the Gila. In the morning, we're standing at the top of the pass of the Black Range. The Aldo-Leopold wilderness area with streams and rivers seems pretty dry to the north of us. In the pines at the pass, it's outstandingly beautiful, a cold wind blowing out of the eastern sky. The kid runs back to grab her sweater. She tells me about the geology of the Rio Grande Rift Valley as we look out across it. It's a little misty. The distant buttes, bluffs, and landforms arising as if from a morning of a hundred million years. Game 91. What a thing! Strange and ordinary things. Stuff like cars and doors, books and hairbrushes, haircut, music CDs and doorknobs. Dishes and rooftops, feelings and toilet paper and plants and cups, folders and paper, floors and hallways, sidewalks, gutters, towels, something essential of the universe in your eyeliner. As if things exist underwater and above water. As if things exist in our thoughts and outside of our thoughts. As if things exist in light and darkness both simultaneous as if things cold and on fire both, as if things swim and move and are frozen in time, as if things go away and disappear and come back different, as if things are sharp-cornered and flat, pulsing and warm. Game 99. I dreamt Rick Harsh and I were lying on a flatbed truck, parked from the night in a yard full of junk in a Mexican border town a bunch of folding chairs off to one side. We had a thin blue tarp 
pulled up to our necks, although it wasn't even dark yet, just to keep warm. The wind blew hard, throwing sand in our faces and pulling at the tarp so that it skittered and slapped. Every now and then some large object would topple over, or a plastic bucket would bang along the ground. Empty folding chairs were overturned and scattered about in the dirt, as if everybody had left in a hurry, and the setting sun shone in the windows of houses clustered across distant hills. I was trying to tell stories, anecdotes, hold forth on my interpretation of events, all these things that had happened to us over the years. But Rick didn't want to hear any of it. He growled something and turned over on the hard bed of the truck, pulling the tarp over his face. I thought maybe he'd come around, or somebody, and I kept talking. Game 112. The last time I had to wait in those long lines at the DMV to renew my license, I didn't bring a book or anything, so I stood in the lines for the hour or two while they wound through the afternoon watching the people, including the wild-haired man with his small, wild-haired daughter, who, when he finally reached the front of the line, was told he'd been waiting in the wrong line, and that the woman was sorry, but there was nothing she could do for him. He turned to us as the clerk put a next window please sign on the counter, with his wild hair and his little girl's hand in his, but what were we going to do about it? Finally, I filled out a form at one window and paid at another window, and had gotten near the front of the final line for my picture when I was clapped on the back by a thick vato who appeared out of nowhere. You don't remember me, do you? He laughed. And I vaguely did remember him from years ago, but not his name, of course, and I could see he'd been lifting weights in La Pinta, and he could see in my eyes what I was reading in his and his steely gaze. That's right. I remember you, man, he said, moving behind me into the line. No one bothered to object. I realized the clerk with the camera had been calling my name. Please remove your glasses, she was saying. The guy behind me gave me a friendly shove forward. Smile, Holmes, he was saying. That's why I look like that on the license. To subscribe to the Writer's Block and hear more stories, visit kqed.org slash writersblock. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED.